Hey, it's Margot Tantau here, host of Windowsill Chats. I am so glad you're here. I have some tales to tell, some interesting stories to discover, and I'm glad you're here to do that with me. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. In the trenches, figuring out what the best way is to get something done, how to get something made, how to get your creative self noticed, how to make the best of a situation. And so I'm here to bring those stories to you and see if there's anything you can pull out from it. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet little corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble Like I need a friend Won't you come and sit in my windowsill again Spin our favorite records Discuss the latest trends Won't you come and sit in my windowsill again I am more than thrilled to be talking to my fantastic, colorful, beautiful friend, Dale Bennett. Dale hails from Baltimore, Maryland, and she lives in Atlanta, Georgia, but we both lived in Kansas City for a minute, but we'll get back to that. She has a Bachelor of Arts in Fiber and Textiles and Color Theory from Towson University and a postgrad from the Portfolio Center in Atlanta, where she studied design and art direction. So needless to say, a colorful, creative person. She's a consultant, a speaker, and a glitter sprinkler that provides a fresh perspective to help teams and individuals find joy in their daily lives. And I think you'll figure it out that that happens pretty easily. She's a creative innovator that uses design thinking with her experience, expertise, and creative energy to solve problems. Her passion is helping people thrive. Make, inspire, share is not a tagline. It's her way of life. Dale believes that we are all creative and need a little nudge to unleash that inner creativity. She's been designing wonderful things all her life. She loves teaching creative workshops, speaking about design, and helping you figure out how to unleash your spark. Thank you, my friend, for being here. Thank you for the invite. I've been thinking about it since before I even started this. Dale and I have have kind of been each other's lifeline a bit through this, uh, you know, early part of COVID. And I would always look forward to those talks every week. And they're a little fewer and far between, but no sure. less heartfelt for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Much needed, much needed doses. So Dale and I worked at Hallmark at the same time. We had a stint there together. I don't know who was there first or longer, but we we both experienced the, the plum halls of Hallmark and the, the positivity and amazing people that were there. And that was, um, that was a great experience, but I most recently got to see Dale again at Alt Summit, which I have to put a plug in for Alt Summit because thank yeah. goodness so many good things continue to come from Alt Summit every time. But seeing Dale there was just like, <gasps> yes. she's here. Yeah, so. I agree. And Alt Summit for those of you who don't know is, um, is a, fantastic conference that happens. Well, now it's in, in Palm Springs and it originated in Salt Lake City, but it's it's a beautiful thing. And we'll put a link to that in, in the show notes too. But anyway, I don't know what's going to happen this year, but I'm sure we'll be able to figure it out online. But anyway, back to Dale Bennett, <laughs> creative Dale Bennett in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. yeah. Tell me, tell me what's lighting you up these days, my dear. Well, What's lighting me up is, you know, actually my family and just, you know, just finding some inner creativity within myself, like just letting go and just letting my, putting all my feelings on paper and being colorful with it. And like, that's, what's really, that's what, that's got me right now. You're, you do a lot with paper. You do a lot of expressing. You do a lot of teaching. Tell us a little bit about that and kind of what you're working on these days. 
Yeah. So, you know, I'm actually, I normally teach creative workshops to um, adults. Um, Usually I like that because then we can drink. But (laughs) because of not being able to meet up, you know, during COVID and things like that, that like slowed down tremendously. And I decided to give it a whirl with kids and Mm -hmm. teach kids art. And um, I decided to stick with the middle schoolers because they they bring the energy, which I actually like. And it has been really wonderful. Um, I, I have a couple pocket of kids that just, they light me up. They are so funny and they're just so into it. And Do you have I, people that re- take your classes over and over again? Yeah, I actually have four, it's two sets of sisters, but they're cousins. Nice. And they, they're amazing. They crack, I call them the girls because they are amazing. Last week we even um, dressed up for Halloween. Oh my God. Um, I saw was- you, you looked amazing. Thank you. I was the two fairy and they, they squealed. They were all about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, even over the summertime, which was a little different from right now, because with the kids school schedules, they're all different all across the country, all across the world. So a lot of my, um, international students can't take my classes because the timing is just so weird right now. Yeah. I love how varied your classes have been. I mean, you just kind of seem to say like, okay, I'm this week I'm teaching this and, and you must get that feedback from from the girls and whoever else is teaching it. And it just keeps working. It's funny. So right now I'm teaching some ongoing classes. So it's a journaling class and it's mixed media. So it allows me to do something different every week. We kind of build up a little bit, but the other classes I teach are like one, one time classes, but they're all like, you know, watercolor, mixed media, um, collage. We actually have a Rex Ray class. Oh my God. Awesome. It's not a collage, like our, you know, Rex Ray, we do a little, a little write up on him and we talk about his method and then we are inspired. We do little color studies oh. based upon his style. I'm going to fake my age and take that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. No, I actually want to build on that because yeah. um, I have some students who parents, cause the parents sign them up. And they said, oh, would you do some other artists? So, you know, mm-hmm. I would love to do um, some other artists that I think would be really good. You know, stay maybe in a modern art thing, but I don't know. Who it's knows? so, it makes so much might sense. When, yeah. Might do the E's folks and, you know, maybe two other people. So it's oh, a Darryl. series. That'd be so good. I need to keep my eye on that because I think that sounds great. So yeah. tell me a little bit about your path, your creative history, and just how you got where you are. You know, I've been a creative my entire life. Um, I don't know anything. I'm not really good at anything else. I mean, people say I am, but I don't think I am. And I, you know, I had to choose. Um, I used to dance. And when it got to the point where I was about to go to high school, I had to choose whether it's going to be dance or art. And mm-hmm. I never took dance seriously. Like it was just something I was good at, but I, it wasn't in my heart and soul. I just liked doing it. But art was like, I felt it. So mm-hmm. I went that path. And I was lucky enough to have the best art teachers in my life who really saw something in me that I didn't even really knew was really there. I just, they kept saying it, but I wasn't tapping into it. And I actually started off in college as a fashion design student. I mean, I always did textiles, but I really love drawing and I love illustration. Unfortunately, I wound up having to go take a little time off of school, like a semester, and move back to Maryland and not really start all over, but kind of start a new place. That's how I transferred to Towson. Mm-hmm. as you know, my fibers major, which I wasn't really sure how I was going to translate. And actually it wind up being a blessing in disguise because the program was a lot tinier. So there's a lot more attention to the actual student. And um, I'll actually wind up graduating early, which is weird. But my mom was like, you have, if you're going to be a designer or artist, you know, you said artist back then, you still have to get good grades because Mm -hmm. no one in my family makes a living off of being a creative. So they didn't, they didn't know what kind of advice to give me. So my mom's like, you can't not have good grades. So, and I always got good grades anyway, but my mom's like, you have to excel. Mm -hmm. So you can't just get A's in art. So, you know, I was always on a Dean's list and stuff like that. And I took school very, very seriously, had no idea what I was going to do when I got out of there. Yeah. Lucky enough, my first job um, out of school was working for Ikea. Oh, 
And I got a job being a merchandiser for them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so that's kind of how the whole bet. whole thing started. Now, I worked there. Then I moved to Atlanta. Um, continued on that path of like entrepreneur, not entrepreneurship, but more of like merchandising and all that kind of stuff. Um, worked for a small biz. I actually have a big personality. In you my do? Years. You know what? I embrace it now, but it was... It was really a, a negative thing for a long was it? Yeah, people. Dale, that's one of the things I love the most about you. But you know what, Margo? It, a lot of people feared it. They mm-hmm. they didn't like it. it. It it took a firm hand for someone to say to me, listen, mm-hmm. you have a super strong personality and people are either going to love you or hate you. There's not going to be in between. And my did you get that when that per- did you did you understand that or did you have to trip through it? I still tripped through it. I understood because she wasn't firing me. She was telling me I couldn't stay there. Okay. <laughs> and okay. she went through a lot and basically helped me get a job with Neiman Marcus. That's how I wound up working for Neiman's. Okay. Because she was like, "Your ideas and your energy is bigger than what this business can hold." Yeah, we have that. And moment. so. And she also had a big personality. I mean, she used her powers for evil, but Mm. she knew that about herself. And she was like, I want better for you. Mm. And you need to be in a place where they can nurture that energy. That's, I felt like she was the only person who was being real with me about the energy. Yeah. And, you know, when I worked at Neiman's, my boss didn't care. He Mm. was Miranda before there was a Miranda. You know what I mean? Like, And I was his favorite. And he was like, you can't change who you are. Now, I was very rough around the edges. And Mm -hmm. he's like, you're either his his advice to me was when you're here, I want you to discover the designer you want to be for your Uh, future. Wow. You're either going to rise above or you're going to maintain or you're just going to go in some other direction. You can decide. I want you to feel comfortable doing that here. But you have to understand wow. rules. You have to understand how things work so you can, you know, move around. You know, mm-hmm. I'm dealing with a high-end store, with high-end clients, people with million-dollar books. And I'm talking to these people like, you know, like I'm straight off Be More Streets. And he was like, uh-uh, honey, yeah. we don't do that here. Yeah. And he coached me through that. Like, That's he's awesome. Like, You're going to be who you are. You're great. But let me show you how to be greater. You wow. need to learn how to get people on your side. And I was like, okay. Because I'm, I'm kind of a captain obvious. Like if you're, if you suck, I'm going to say it straight to your mm-hmm. face. You know, mm-hmm. you suck mm-hmm. or you're not holding up your own. Well, you can't say that to a manager. You can't say that to a director right. because you're at the bottom of the totem pole. Right. And they don't need you saying that in front of other people that they're lame or they suck or you can't do that. Even if it's true. Have to learn those politics. Uh, Yeah. And so, you know, like I said, you know, I'm, I was a fresh 25, 26 year old, just bursting, but everywhere I went, I excelled. And so I'm a, I'm a worker bee. So I'm always going to work. I I don't, I don't get excited about doing well in that sense. I thrive off of opportunities. And so that's how that kind of came to be. And I just kept moving. I kept expanding, kept learning. I'm a loyalist. So I'd stay there probably a little too long. And wind up getting a visual manager job for a company that doesn't even exist anymore Mm. called Decor. And I was in charge of 80,000 square feet, which is a lot of retail space. You know, long story short, you know, September 11th happened. I got married that same year. It was a lot of things going on that year. And out of all that, I did some freelance and eventually wound up going to the Portfolio Center, which was 10 years after... I graduated out of undergrad. Mm, interesting. And even with the portfolio center, which was so weird, because I kept saying, if I go back to school, I really want to do like some like packaging design or something where I can kind of use my textiles, but more in like a digital type of thing. Because and when I was in undergrad, digital was not a thing. Right. Even though it was kind of a thing, my teachers and my um, head of the department were old school. You did yeah, everything. Yeah, probably fighting I mean, against it. I mean, we're talking about cutting um, rubolith for yeah. a screen. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, they were like, we're not using computers here. Like, I was, 
they barely let me use a sewing machine. So I was coming from like, I don't know how to work a Mac. I don't even own a Mac. Yeah. You know? yeah. Old and school. I I tell you, they were like, you're going to learn before you get up out of here. Like that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> you're going to see like portfolio center is like it's so the military. Good. It's yeah. sink or swim. Like no one's here for your woes. You will succeed or we will kick you out. Like uh-huh. it's, no, it's do or die. I embraced that. And that was the hardest two years of my life. Wow. So the portfolio center was a turning point in my career, just like Neiman Marcus was. Yeah. Neiman Marcus showed me that I actually like high end things. I like certain kind of order in things. There's a certain thing about luxury that is magnificent. And then you start to understand about some of the vendors and some of the merchandise they have in there and why it's in there. And why they're the only ones who carry it? That's intriguing. It isn't a good word. Center. I have seen that place a thousand times because when I was doing freelance work and stuff like that, I used to always go in there, and that was like a interior design type of little alley where you would go and you would get like mm-hmm. cool props and stuff. And it was always this little gray building at the end. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's the portfolio center. Yep. I know. Who exactly. Knew? We were breaking out these magnificent designers and all this other stuff. And it really didn't come to a head until I went to Hallmark. But even before going to Hallmark, my dream coming out of there was to work for Martha Stewart. Oh, that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. Cause she's queen. Like her whole thought process, the way she does products and the way she packages, I was like, Oh, I want to be all about that life. Yeah. And Hallmark interviewed me and I was shocked that they were even interested in me, but they were dragging their feet. Uh-huh. Um, I was about to graduate and I was like, listen, whoever bites, they drag their feet. They said, we can't make a decision till the end of January. Three days before Christmas, Hallmark calls me and they like, listen, we want you. Can you move to Kansas City? Uh, yeah, sure can. Yeah. And that's how I wound up. That was the best Christmas present I ever got. It was a good experience. Some of the best people on the planet. And oh my God, I was so intimidated yeah. about working there. I was like, how many people work there that are creative? Ooh, didn't I could be wrong about this. I'm sure somebody knows, but I re- think I remember hearing they were the largest users of Mac computers outside <laughs> of Apple itself. Yeah. And Disney and, and Disney in the mm-hmm. day, which makes sense. That is true because, you know, they hired a lot of hackers to work for them. And so we had two hackers in our department. That was the best present ever because you can get so much done with hackers. But, and they were friends with all the IT people. So we would find out like that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, Hallmark itself is probably the most magical place you could possibly work. It is. It's a magical Just because place. the mentality of the history of how yeah. they- Family owned a hundred plus years later. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea of they're the ones who help me understand employee experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nobody cares like like they care. No one. And the only other company that I felt like that came close to that is Ikea because they're not an American company. So they don't think like Americans. Uh And so they're the same way. They're very giving to the employees. Their philosophy is if our employees are not happy, then the customers aren't going to be happy. So Mm -hmm. they would do things behind the scenes to make sure that the employees were happy. Yeah. They don't have yeah. a big hierarchy in their management. So if they decide company-wide that they were going to do something, corporate people would be in the store working with you side by side. Mm. Um, and I really appreciate that. I feel like I was spoiled working there because that was my first job out of college. And I didn't realize American companies didn't do that. Like, right. I didn't understand. Like when I worked at IKEA, I had three choices of healthcare. They have and have had some really, it's just people, smart people from there and from everywhere. And it's just, it was a really an amazing place to learn. And I think with your experience and kind of where you came from, but like the Neiman's and the luxury and the IKEA and then the portfolio center and then Hallmark, like what an interesting path to go down, you know, after that, what did you decide to, to do? You know, I originally moved to Atlanta in 96 and lived here for nine years. And Atlanta for me is 
my little happy place. I feel the most creative here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's situated in a place that if I need to get on a hop on a plane to go somewhere, I can do that. We have a really beautiful airport and we're situated where I'm not too far from Baltimore, you know, I'm not too far away. You know, it doesn't take that long to get to the West coast. You know, yeah. I, for some reason I was just like, I just need to get back to Atlanta. And I think the familiarity of being in Atlanta knowing all the streets, knowing I can pick and choose where I want to live. Um, I felt like I could get work easy here. And fortunately, um, I was able to land at West Elm. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, in the retail world, especially in a city that you work most of your retail life, everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I did do some freelance work for some high-end places that I worked for before where I would do special things. And that worked out really, really well. They made the transition of, because I kind of was not really working full time for a year, which is rare for me. Mm-hmm. And just having a place to go, getting my feet wet. I, you know, I didn't want to go back to retail, actually. I really wanted to do something else. But when you're like, I just want to get my own place, I need it. You know, you want something that's going to be a little bit more stable. Um, and that's how I landed on at, at West Elm. And <laughs> funny enough, they were like looking for part time but it was a full-time job. Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing this for part-time. This right. is a waste of my time. And they said, oh, well, we would have to get that approved from our regional manager. I said, well, who's your regional manager? And they said, Brad. I was like, I know Brad. <laughs> they were like, you do? I was like, I said, is it the Brad that opened this store? They were like, yeah. I said, he hired me as a, a, a visual manager for J Crew. Right. And he was like, as soon as I walked in, he was like approved. I was Aww, like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was, that was good. Was very happy to be working for West Elm. Um, yeah. It was good for me to be back and to be able to do that because it gave me the the time to get settled back in. I knew yeah. I was just happy to be on the East coast. Once you get on that coast where you're from, you feel like nothing can stop you at this point. It's true. Makes a difference. And then I, my conscience and my love for the city was calling. And I was like, I want to do something bigger than just make things pretty. Yeah. I want my, I want my talents to be used in a way that helps people. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's how I got into the nonprofit world. Go Dale. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what that really meant, but I was like, well, cause I thought it was just going to be a volunteer thing. I didn't, wasn't looking for that as a job. Mm-hmm. I, well, and I, I didn't know how that would translate, but I just, you know, people were saying things. I saw things happening in Atlanta and it was other opportunities. And I also wanted to start getting more into the art scene in Atlanta because it changed so much in the five years I was gone. Yeah. So that's how I kind of, I mean, the whole nonprofit job where I was fell in my lap. That wasn't, the the company didn't even exist. Mm -hmm. So I I was introduced by mutual friends, by different people at at a conference that yeah. was right here in Atlanta and, you know, talking, they're like, Hey, we want you to come by and help us with this project. I'm like, cool. So I would come after work. And then next thing I know, they were like, Hey, um, we're going to launch this thing. I was like, launch what? Like, I don't know <laughs> what we're doing. And, um, and they was like, yeah, this is what we're, this is the business that we're trying to do. We're trying to help people in Atlanta um, have a voice and we yeah. want to do it through entrepreneurship and help the locals do their thing, but do it better and have a voice. I was like, okay, when do I fit in? Yeah. They were like, this space needs love. Can you Mm. do things with it? I was like, yeah, I could use a coat of paint and, Mm. you know, whatever. And they were like, yeah, do you know anyone who can do that? And we had like a little council. So the council was just like all these different people, political people, um, local this, local that activists, all that work that has meaning like that. What a, what a nice. Yeah. Well, I was really intrigued too, because the other directors were women and Mm -hmm. I respected him. And I said to him, see, this is where the personality part plays in. I said, yeah, um, you're about to hire three women who are basically lions. (laughs) And even though we all have our own expertise, I said, I think we get along fine. I'm worried about you. I said, because you're like a gazelle. And I said, you know what happens to the gazelle when it sits too long (laughs) by the water, right? So With lions. 
Yeah, I said, so how do you feel about that? And he was like, listen, I'm fully aware mm -hmm. that you lions will eat me alive. He's like, but that's what I need. I'm young. I, I need people going to keep me straight, but then also are serious about their work. They're experts in what they do. And you guys all get along. You guys compliment one another. And that's what we need strong leadership right off the bat. Yeah. And if we don't have that, people are not going to take us serious. So he's like, a smart true. gazelle. Yeah, he's very, he's a very smart gazelle. And I also appreciate a boss um, or someone who I report to actually cares about mm. me. Makes sense. That is my, that's really. a number one um, requirement of mine. I need a boss that gives a shit about me. Yep. All the difference. It, and you can tell so quickly if they don't. As a creative, but even as just an organization, even if you take the creative part out of it, just if, as a leader, I need someone who understands I'm not 100% today. That I'm going to give you the best I can today, but it's not my 100%. I might have 100% tomorrow and that's going to be okay too. Right. And not just think everything is driven by how much, how many hours you're in the office or, you know, just like I'm not good at, at deadlines. I'm good with budgets and I will step in even if I'm not the expert in the subject matter. But you also need to understand too, if I'm doing all that, you have to give me something else, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it's not just always money, like respect my time. Right. Cause I'm a stickler about stuff like that. Uh, don't be calling me at nine o'clock at night. Don't be calling me on the weekends, especially on Sunday. You already know what time it is. It's God and football. Right. Why are you calling me? What do you want? Is the building on fire? Are you on fire? Trust okay. and integrity and, and <laughs> listening and all those things just go so far. It does. And it, that's how you get the best out of people. And, you know, being a young, I mean, and then also in this organization, I was the OG. So everybody mm -hmm. else was younger than me. Mm. way younger than me. And mm. I'm not saying I'm set in my ways, but I've been there and done that. So mm -hmm. my tolerance for bullshit and buffoonery is very small. Yeah. And if I feel like we're not doing stuff, I'm going to say something about it. And I'm, that's kind of like your warning. I don't do three strikes you out. You got the warning. Now I need you to fix it. Like, yeah. and thank God the other women that was on this part of this leadership team, they were very good at that too. Like, we respected everyone's time and, you know, we had some day people, we had some night people and we just try to stick to the calendar. Let's just mm -hmm. stick to the calendar and we're going to be, we're going to be good. Our executive director is very dynamic. So he was winning these competitions nationally and putting us on the map. And we won the Echoing Green um, Fellowship which Atlanta hadn't won it in 15 years. Wow. And then this little nonprofit that came out of nowhere came in and got it on the first try. Wow. Oh my gosh. And John Lewis recognized mm -hmm. that and called us good trouble. We were like, Oh, oh wow. I said, do you see the tweet? You see the oh tweet? You called us good gives trouble. Me chills. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was amazing. We were so excited. Yeah. That's when some of the other like big establishments were like, okay, let's let's have some conversation yeah. and that's when that's when we were able to start moving the needle a little bit in the work that we were doing mm. and um people were taking us serious and people would be like oh i want to be affiliated affiliated with yeah. you we also had a co-working situation in our building um in our space mm. that i was in charge of and it was it i mean i was building tables with my own bare hands mm. yeah and creating a whole system of experience for our employees, wow. um, our co-working um, system, um, our programming. And, you know, I was like literally a jack of all trades. Even though I was the experience director, I right. still did logistics. Mm -hmm. I still did operations. And it was, you know, I also um, took over our volunteer program, our internship program. Um, and, you know, and cultivating what those rules and all that kind of stuff was going to be. And we were blessed to have some of the best interns mm -hmm. come through our space. Well, you've, you've done all sorts of good work on yourself and trying to figure out mm -hmm. where you want to be and what you want to be doing. Like, how's that serving you? Yeah. Well, you know, it's been a year now um, since I left that job. I was with them for five years. It's a long time. And that's a lot of a lot of energy. Yeah. All my jobs seem to be five years or two and a half years. That's mm. usually the timeline I give. I'm a loyalist. Like I said, um, yeah. I, I kind of sit in things thinking either it's going to get better or it's going to get worse. 
And at this time, I just, there's a lot of things that just kept happening. It kept saying to me, you really should just try doing things just on your own. Like, I felt like I'm just getting to the point now. I can't work for someone else as my boss Mm. because I can't keep working for people. First of all, people are younger than I am. They haven't lived the life that I've lived Mm -hmm. for them to, I feel like being a leader or being in charge of something, you are bringing knowledge and expertise that actually helps people do their job better. Whether it's motivating them, you're bringing light to the situation. And I felt like I wasn't bringing my light to the situation Mm. anymore. I felt Mm. like I was being talked at Mm. and not like part of the conversation. That's a good measurement. and also I was being, I was putting out fires basically. Mm. And I was like, that's not, that's where I draw the line. Not I'm not, a, that's not what I do. Right. No. And I'm, you know, and I didn't want to do that anymore. And I also, unfortunately I found out I don't like being around people all the time mm. as an extrovert, um, and actually oh, and a, a certified oversensitive person reading the books and all that kind of stuff, getting some awareness and some therapy. Yeah. I realized I get overstimulated. <laughs> And that's the reason why huh. I have the breakdowns or the uh-huh. anxiety attacks. And sure. I felt like, well, maybe if I try to do it different on my own terms, maybe, you know, maybe it'll change. And I will tell you, to be honest with you, I do think it has to do with the fact that three years into that job, I started going back to church. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to do some mm-hmm. more self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I just didn't know who I was anymore. And because of I was doing all this soul searching, I found out that I was scared of things that I just wasn't saying I was scared of. Sure. I I didn't feel like I was an entrepreneur. I was like, I don't feel like I have that in me, but I have really great original ideas that I want to mm-hmm. put out there. Mm-hmm. And maybe my entrepreneurship is just different than others. You know, yeah. um, you have to fall in a category for people to want to use your services or your products, mm-hmm. but that's still entrepreneurship. Sure. And I, I was like, I don't, if I was, if, if I had the choice of God said, okay, you're going to die tomorrow but you have a choice of like how that happens. Right. I want to have the choice. Mm-hmm. I want to have mm-hmm. a choice of like how I spend my last 24 hours. And I don't want to be dictated by anyone um, and who I want to spend my time with. Right. And you know, my mom, my parents, all my parents are um, retired now and I want to spend more time with my family and I want to see more places. I started traveling, um, which I wasn't doing before. I was stagnant for almost like six years. I just felt yeah. like I was frozen. And I was like, I need to wake up. Like, I, I want to wake up. Well, we put our all into, you know, what, what we've said yes to, in, you know, our job or whatever it is. And, and then every once in a while, you're given that opportunity to, to relook at, at what that means and what it really means for you. And that's, that's just a gift you're giving yourself, really. Yeah, I wasn't living my best life. I wasn't living in joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, the other thing that was very interesting in my position at this other job at my nonprofit was I always considered myself, and I don't know why I did this, but I always felt like I was just a step down because I wasn't the executive director. But uh, my boss had a lot of peers and a lot of them were actually female. Mm. And I was very careful about trying to be friends with them because I felt like they were his people, not my people. Mm. And, you know, I didn't want to cross that line and Mm. they crossed the line. They were like, listen, I just want you to know, like, I'm here because like you, you're fantastic. I love what you do. And, you know, I would love for us to hang out or whatever, you know, Mm. and I'm like, you know, I don't know. And they would always come to everything that we did. And we're always like, I'm here to support you, blah, blah. And they kind of helped me wake up. They were like, you are our peer. Just because you don't have ED behind your name. Yeah. You are the person running the business. Like, whether you like to say it out loud or not. Like, So did that help you to kind of plan your next moves? Yeah. I I had to get my head straight first and I had to get my spirit straight. Mm-hmm. And once that started happening, then I was like, okay, but what do I want to do? Which also took another six months for me to get it out. I just had paper all over my house. What am I good at? What do I like to do? Can I make money for that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll answer that later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a series of things just kept making it evident I needed to get out. But the other thing was to, I said, I need a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, I really need someone to help talk me through this. And 
my one mentor who I have now, um, she's been a big supporter of us at the center. And mm. I, I <laughs> when I asked her last March, last year, 2019, mm. would she be my mentor? I had that message in my draft, in my email. I mm. thought it was only a couple of months. It was two years. Oh my gosh. And I damn. looked at it. I know. And so of course I revamped it and freshened it up a little bit. And I don't even know what she was going to say, but she emailed me 30 minutes later. It was like, absolutely. I was like, and I was, I cried because I was so yeah. happy. And I know I that's such a strong relationship for you. You speak so highly of her. Oh my God. It is because she understands me in ways. She uses words that only a person who understands your soul would mm. say, you mm. know, that's what surprises me mm. because her and I haven't, even before then, we didn't spend that much time together for her to know that, but she felt it. Right, right. And uh, she believed, to be said for that. And she, and she is so connected with so many other people that she was like, I can see where you can, where you mm. fit in, why people need you in their presence. Mm-hmm. And no one has ever spoke to me like that, except for my other mentor I had at Hallmark. Mm. She's like, people need you in their, in their sphere. Mm-hmm. And we're going to figure out a way to get you there because not only is it good for them, it's good for you. That's what your business is going to be about. It is not about just this service or this product that those services and projects don't mean anything unless right. you are the person there. Your energy is behind it. Right. And so I was like, now I need to develop that. Cause that's the, the one thing in my life I never developed. I just dealt with it. Interesting. So that's where I felt like that's where the work needs to come in. Right. What is it about Dale and her energy yeah. that it makes people feel good and they feel like they can win or they feel like they can move forward or they can move up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I worked on the last year before I left. I was like, this job is not fun for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I need my jobs to be fun. I have to mm-hmm. enjoy it. And it was the first time I said it out loud and not been embarrassed about it mm-hmm. because I mean, I come from working blue collar people. They don't, they like, girl, don't nobody have fun at work. What are you talking about? Right, right. No, that's a whole generational <laughs> belief for sure. So I really had to, and I, and I give my parents credit. I don't know what it means to, to raise a daughter like me because I'm the complete opposite of them when it comes to not work ethic, but like what I do. They did concrete things and I'm, everything with me is with color and imagination and blah, blah, blah. And they've embraced it. They have never mm-hmm. said to me, Dale, you can't do that. That's an never. awesome parent. They mm-hmm. never even said that's the dumbest idea I ever heard. Mm-hmm. I could tell when I decided, when I was deciding to leave, they were extremely nervous because mm-hmm. they knew I didn't have all my ducks in a row. Um, and that I was up against something that was new and challenging. And I've always, always had a job. Yeah. Most of the time, two jobs. So they knew I was in uncharted territory, but they wanted to support me because they were like, we want you to be happy. We don't want you, you know, my stuff always said, listen, you ain't no spring chicken. You, mm-hmm. you're going to either do it or you're not going to do it. But if you don't do it, you can't complain about it. Right. right. And I was like, all right. If I wasn't expecting him to say that, but I'm like, I'm going for it. You know, it's, it's been a journey so far. So it's been a year. Of course, it's been extremely slow. I feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel in the sense that, you know, I've, I've had some cohort work that I've done. Yeah. All you've year. done a lot of work on looking in and like how to build a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like I've had a cohort in the beginning of the year, like how to form my ideas into a business and then, um, how to run ago, a creative business, what that yeah, looks how like run, for you. Yeah. What it looks like for me and how to get a different workflow, because here's yeah. the thing I've never really, even when I worked at a freelance gig, I was always, if still an inside job, I wasn't an outsider. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm the outsider, I got to understand how that flows mm-hmm. and how much work I want to put into it. So that's been, that's been a little nerve wracking, but also fulfilling because I can be very clear about what I do and what I don't do. Right. And I can, you know, in this time of where you really, people are struggling and stuff, I'm still selective. I just don't take any, I just don't take any job. I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm going to continue to do work that I don't want to do. That's right. not why I left. Right. No, if you're, if you're managing your own thing, I think it's important. You know, it's like, if you have a portfolio, you put in your portfolio or, or what you're willing to do, the things that light you up, because if you put the old stuff in that you don't want to do anymore, that's what you'll continue to get. 
hired to do. Well, and that's why I had to take a serious revamp of my website. Uh, my websites have always been pretty and they like function, like the buttons work, but mm-hmm. they weren't storytelling. They weren't doing any of all that stuff. Thank goodness that cohort, the last cohort I was in, um, Launch Lab was really great because it kind of helped me understand I got to tell the Dale story. Like I'm right. selling me, which is hard to do because I didn't never want to do that. Right. But because I embraced it, um, it was easy for me to eliminate things off that website and put the right things in yeah. there. It really does make a difference. Well, and when you take these steps, you'd be surprised who comes through and be like, I can help you with that. Mm. On my last day last year, was a creative mornings and my boss was oh. just happening to be speaking. Oh, wow. And I put that together and, you know, it was very emotional for the staff because the whole staff was there. Of course, it's my last day. They called it Dale day. So we were doing oh. stuff all day long. I had no idea what it was and doing his presentation. He was like, so I just want to take this time out. He's like, I know this is Dale's thing. She goes to Creative Mornings every month. She always talks about it, how much it lights her up. It's her Mecca every month. He's like, but I just want you all to know this is her last day at CCI. And he put this, he and I take a selfie every year at our fundraiser. And he put one up, which is our newest favorite one because it's a screensaver. And I, of course, start bawling. And he was like, so I just want y'all to like, congratulate her on her adventure of doing her own thing. And she's going back full time to being a creative, which she was born to be. And, um, and so they do a Q and a at the thing. So people are like standing and clapping. I'm all oh, like, Dale. Oh, I was just, I'm a baller. You know me, I will cry at anything. And so they doing a Q and a, so, you know, they ask the typical questions, where are you guys located? How do you do your things? They were like, well, how can we help? This guy goes, so yeah, I just want to know, hey, how can we help? And wow. he starts talking. And he's like, dude, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about the lady that's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, so they run and give me the mic? He was like, yeah, Dale, how can we help you? And oh I'm like, oh my gosh. People volunteered to give me free services, blah, blah, blah. And that's how I got my photo shoot because the girl who did my photo shoot did it for free. Oh my gosh. And it's so good. You have business. such good pictures. Oh, thank you so much. And oh, so good. That, that's what I love about the creative community. Yeah. I wouldn't have said anything like that. I would have never put that out there. Um, right, they right. knew he was going to do that. I didn't know because he didn't show me that part of his presentation. And the staff didn't know he was going to do that. When you think people aren't paying attention, they are yeah. paying attention. They really you know? are. To me, all those, the way I read that is like, you're making the right moves. You're making the right choices. People want to see you win. Yeah. I didn't feel like that before. I didn't feel mm. like people wanted me to win. And that's what I wanted. I was like, I want people to know, to feel like they want to be supportive of me. But yeah, you know, people got my back. And well, and you I'm can not, bring that to you know, others. You know, you're in the position now where you can yeah. you can't you're you're doing your own creative thing. You're teaching. Mm. So you're inspiring yeah. other people. You have Which really good things. Teaching. I mean, think about where you were a year ago. If you left just about a year ago. Oh, yeah. It was the end of September. And I remember even when during COVID, um, someone asked me in July, we were talking about something and they were like, ask me how I'm feeling. I said, I'm happier today than I was last year this time. They're like, what? And it's been a crazy year for so many reasons. But I love how I love how you're shining. You know, I mean, you always do. But now to know you're doing it, you're making your own rules making my own rules, respecting um, what's out there, still feeling like I'm a, a student of, of creativity, still curious, always been curious, but even more curious, um, stepping into my expertise in the places where I like, and it's, it's many, it's not just one thing, understanding that I do have a lot to share. Um, I have a lot to teach and I'm happy to do it. And you know, you put me in a room and you give me an audience. I'm going to, I want to, they're going to leave there feeling lifted, lit up yeah, and motivated. I just want people to feel good that they, we got to spend our time together. That's yeah. how I want any teaching situation to be. Like we had a great time together. We learned some new things. We feel motivated to keep doing it. Right. That's really the goal, no matter what I'm teaching, whether it's a paper craft 
um, or we're doing journaling, um, we're doing a little bit of watercolor, or we're just doing something with text. It doesn't matter. Or right. even if I'm just talking about creativity, I right. want you to walk away feeling like you didn't know creativity until you just got out of this talk. That's so great, Dale. And I feel yeah. like your energy that you're perfect for that because you kind of, if you, if you didn't know who you were, you know, if I didn't know you and I'd seen you across a crowded room, you're, you're magnetic. It's like, I'm just going to walk a little closer to that person, see if I can figure her out a little bit. <laughs> so if, if that's yeah. the gift you're, you know, if that's your philosophy and that's what you're giving back, the more you do that and stand for your own shine, the more you'll bring to yourself and to others because you're bringing into others. It, it will come back to you a hundred. Yeah. And I'm glad you actually said that for thank you for saying that because it's the consistent um, conversation I'm having with people. I mean, when I think about alt, I won a contest to speak there for the first time in mm. Salt Lake. Um, mm. They put a thing out there. Didn't even think I was going to get it. Um, I was working at Hallmark at the time and I had already gone the year before. Mm. And I was so excited that they picked me. I was like, oh my God, mm -hmm. they will not be disappointed. And I was like, no and way. I remember talking to Sarah and Gabby at like towards the end of the conference that yeah. year. And they were like, we love you. Like we, everyone who has been in your sessions says, you know, or somebody, cause you know, I always do little giveaways, or whatever. And they'd be yeah. like, where did you get it from? Oh, you need to talk to Dale. Like you got a problem. She will solve it for you. Like she's mm -hmm. going to have you walking out of there. Like nothing is going to stop you. Like she yep. is it. And then people were stopping me in the hallway. Like, are you Dale? My friend went to your session and I was just wondering, do you have a card? Can we, can we have lunch? Can we have coffee? I can tell you some of those same people, I'm still friends with them on Instagram and stuff like that, or I see them at all and there we were like lifelong coffee buddies or whatever yeah and I was impressed that they would say that to me because you know at that conference that's 800 plus people yeah. at that conference in Salt Lake City mm -hmm. and it was that that started it to be honest with you that's cool this inner this inner like Mm -hmm. storyteller creative problems that all started through all well you were there talking you weren't representing anybody but yourself there. No one but myself. It's really, it's really something when people listen, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Well, not only they listen, they give you really good feedback. Like exactly. it, it's kind of crazy because you're like, huh, maybe I have something to say or, or add or shine a light on. Well, the thing that I've noticed was I was always trying to attract these strangers mm. because I'm like, they don't know anything. Like if I'm going to teach them something, I'm like, wow. It was my own peers right. who were seeking me out. So when they made me the That's next a really year, interesting delineation. Well, it was Gabby's idea the next year to have me be the creative problem solver for the conference. Mm. And I had my desk and she wasn't sure how I was going to work, but she was like, there's too many other of your peers who want your advice. And yeah. I'm like, what? Mm. Okay. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of followers or anything. I still don't, but I mean, we'll work on that. But, um, <laughs> and now. it was a crapshoot. She had it at a weird time and it was like lunchtime. And she was like, and I just told some of my friends, I was like, can y'all just show up? So when the yeah. photographer, it looked like I had people in line, I get out there and <laughs> there's a line. I'm like, what in the world? And I didn't pay any of these people. They were there. I know. And then it's we're talking cool. about big time, you know, because blogging was the thing. And we're yeah. talking big time blogging people I follow mm -hmm. in line. And I was just like, what? Mm -hmm, that was that I, when I finished that session, it was so popular. Gabby's like, can you do it tomorrow? I was like, mm. yep. Mm. I cried for an hour. I was so oh. excited. Yeah. And you start to feel what your potential is in the world. And I'm not, I don't mean like, oh, I could do this, but you, it's this feeling of people are caring about what I say and think and believe in, and, and they just want to know me for it. Oh my gosh. It's the first time I ever said in public, I was a speaker. I never said it before, mm. even though I had done speaking engagements before, like I said, I felt like I was legitimate now because I'm giving advice and talking to people, helping them solve problems, you know, friend to friend, you know, you know, peer to peer. 
and understanding what their problems were. Like, what are they going through that's making them feel inadequate, even though their followers and subscribers say something totally different. Mm. You know, I got maybe 180 subscribers and this person has 25,000 and they're asking me for advice and they're not basing it on a number. They're basing it on hearsay. They're like, oh, well, she can help you with that. It's real person to real person. Yeah. And I think if they trust someone who they know who's, who, who understands our brains work the same, we just serve, solve different problems. And it was really great. When you're, when you're somebody like that, who has a ton of following or whatever, and, and you have fans, for example, (laughs) and then you can, all you want to do is have a real conversation with somebody that's not, that's just seeing you as yourself. So I'm sure that's how you showed up to that line of people. And I think it was, they felt comfortable. I mean, you always feel Mm -hmm. comfortable at Alt Summit anyway, but even there, I mean, there was people who, I mean, women, I didn't even know they would have businesses or just, you know, I always go back to this one story of this girl who came and I don't really know why she's at Alt Summit. I don't know if it's because she's just a blogger, but her dream was to be a a NASCAR driver. Mm. I'm like, it came out of nowhere. I'm like, do you even know how NASCAR works? She's like, yeah, I've, I've been in a pit situation, you know, blah, blah. And her whole reason for not doing it is because her husband was also in the business and she didn't want to outshine him. I'm like, what? I was like, listen, I ain't trying to get your personal business, but if this is a dream of yours, it's his dream too. Or it should be. And, you know, I kind of left it at that. And I was, you know, and I, the way I set it up was I set it up as if I was like a doctor. So I wrote down stuff for them and I gave them three. I just thought of three words that kind of describe their situation and I told them, like, you, this is your homework. And in a month or so, I'm going to check on check on you to see how you're doing. And I did that with every single person. Oh, Dale, how cool is that? And they were like, oh, you know, you know, just send them a little bit. Hey, just send a little sunshine. You I hope everything is good. How's that list coming? Did you at least get one thing off the list? And everybody had, you know, either finished it or some people were like, I'm just getting to it. And I'm oh like, no, gosh, it's okay. Super hot channel for you right there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. We'll work on that too. We'll My work mind. on that too. Cause that, well, that came out of this alt summit, but we, you and I never even got into it because of COVID. But um, <laughs> there's so many things. But mm. that's what I'm excited about, right? I can take all these things. And even for me to be able to regurgitate all the stuff that's in me yeah. to see what parts could we put together to expand this world a number four design studio yeah um that's what we're gonna keep talking about dale yeah yes yes what happened to the nascar driver girl did you ever hear back you know what i didn't i didn't follow up but i do know that she was taking the steps like she was taking the steps like to register like there's like they have all their back and stuff so she was doing that but i i can honestly say that her husband was on board was surprised that this is something that she wanted to do herself yeah. and he really embraced it i'm just like y'all could be cuz i kept forming i'm like y'all could be like the first couple like y'all got your own dynasty going on don't you know don't make it all about him make it about you i said you're sitting here crying with me about something that 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 lights you up come on you yeah. can't tell me your husband ain't down with that every man you likes have a woman a gift that knows for seeing those things in people though i think but I feel like people do it to me too. And I've sat on it. And yeah. so now I feel like it's my calling. I, I truly feel like there's been in the last two years, not counting this year, but the t- two years prior for that, I was getting all of these moments of aha moments with other people or the right person coming into my space saying, you know what, you know, I know you don't know this, but you really made my day today. And, yeah. and here's why. And I'm like, what? Okay. And even my little mentees, they're, they're cute. I love them. I'm very strict with my little mentees. Like I tell them it's a relationship. It's not about me giving you advice and telling you what to do. I say it is, but it's also you showing up on time. We understand if we're going to talk, this is the time we agreed upon. So if you have me waiting, I'm going to hang up on you. So that's just how this works. Yeah. So I love you, but I got to be stern with you because you need to understand I'm busy. Right. Right. So let's, let's make the time work. Um, I, I really, I am very precious about my time. Um, I don't like people wasting my time. I don't like tardy people Mm -hmm. because I feel like you're not respecting the fact that I prepped to be here. Right. I don't just show up. I've never done that. Right. Mm -hmm. No way. And so I want you to respect that. And then I'll give you all the time, 
But if you're late, now I got an attitude. So you don't want that. <laughs> right. So, and, you know, I, I, I can't wait till I get to the point where I'm speaking to bigger crowds and, you know, we get out of COVID so we can be around people. I'm an extrovert. I need to hug somebody. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, the elbow thing don't do it for me. You know, we were talking about, I remember we had some thoughts about some good ways to open up alt, you know, so everybody was felt connected with everybody else. And I, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, just ideas in general. And I think you're such a bringer togetherer because of, of that light that comes out. And I think, you know, what you've been able to do starting this own business on yourself all, all by yourself and then going straight into COVID, but mm-hmm. you know, look what's happened. You're is uppercase, right? Didn't I see that on your Instagram? Mm-hmm. Yep. And just the classes you're doing, like I said before, and the, the products you're figuring out how to make and, yeah. you know, you're doing that. And then when we can have speakers, like people are going to know a little bit more about you from this, mm-hmm. you know, Gabby's probably figuring out, well, you know, they're figuring out how to do Alt Summit. So, you know, mm-hmm. Dale, it'll be really exciting to see where you start to show up and how you want to and how, how that works yeah. for you and what feels right and what lights you up and how you can shine that around. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. My goal is to keep growing in this, um, find opportunities, not only to tell my story, but to refine what I can bring to others. How can I connect with others? How can I help other people connect? Um, how can I get people to light up? You know, um, that's the thing that I do know. I know that I'm helping to ignite people. I know that's, I know that for sure. Um, and whether it's through a workshop, whether it's through a service, whether it's just an interaction, that is, that's the gift that walks with me and talks with me and, and enters the room before I even open my mouth. That's what that is, that spark, you know? It's so good to start to understand those things about yourself. And that's, and like you said, that comes from living it, living in it, you know, having those experiences where you were working hard for somebody else. Maybe they understood, maybe they didn't, maybe they supported, maybe they didn't, but you, I always feel like we learn what to do and what not to do from those situations. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just excited, Dale, to see (laughs) Wow, you've got those wings on <laughs> and they are glitter filled and they're spread Woo. wide and they're flying. It's really great to see. I know, girl. It's yeah, I want to fly. You I'm are. ready. I mean, I'm ready and I'm just, I'm really excited about even being on this podcast. This is my first one. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh yeah. This is my first one. And I'm so excited because. I wouldn't want to be doing this with anyone except for you, of course. Oh, thanks, and darling. I mean, I feel so blessed to even that we've been able to rekindle our relationship, our friendship, our sisterhood. Every time we see each other, it's just like fast forward. Here we yeah. go again. And you know, Margo, you you've met and you've been around so many fabulous folks. And I feel like when you start to connect with folks and see folks, great things happen. Mm. And I, I felt that way after Alt Summit this year. Mm. You know, I, I was seeing people I haven't seen in ages. Yeah. And it was magic, instant magic. I love it so much. The energy is so win, win, win. You yeah. know what I mean? Well said. Yeah. And I can embrace that. And that the fact that it doesn't just live at Alt Summit, we all leave there and we start making even more magic happen, you know? And I love how diverse the people are. Like they come from all, they're doing all sorts of different things. You know, often in mm-hmm. our creative lives, we kind of get in the same circle of people, you know, because mm-hmm. we're all doing a similar thing. And mm-hmm. what I love about Alt Summit is as they've grown, it's certainly become more diverse people wise and where they're from. And it's very social. It. It's very it's social. Very social. But you can learn so much from everybody and everybody's so willing and real. Are. I love that. Yeah, they are. I mean, literally, that's how I got the uppercase article. Really? Yeah. I met Janine like at Alt Summit eons ago. Yeah. That's how I found out about the magazine in the first place. She reached out to me. Mind you, this was on my bucket list of Things. I always wanted to be a feature artist on there and mm-hmm. to be a feature artist and be a published writer. Yes. 
that blew my mind. You yeah, know, that's the best uppercase what? magazines. One of the oh only ones God. I keep. Right. <laughs> well, because they're thick enough. They got all the good juju. <laughs> Those beautiful <in> spines. <laughs> oh my God, they're so beautiful. And to be able to tell my story and just be me. And it's all about stuff that I've been doing currently, not necessarily like my history of everything. Yeah. And people have been so intrigued by my journaling during COVID. And I think, I thank God for all of these supplies I have in my house because mm-hmm. it is what's gotten me through. I'm like, well, what's this? Oh, I'm used this in like, God knows how long. Let me activate yeah. it real quick. Well, and I think, you know, Janine sees people, she sees talent, but she sees the people behind the talent and you it really does. This time has been astoundingly, like if we hadn't stopped, had to stop and we're all just rushing around like we always have before, you mm-hmm. might not have dug into those supplies in that same way or, or that writing or that way of thinking. I mean, I have. Yeah, I agree. I mean, she actually follows me on Instagram and Facebook and she, it was actually my post is what mm. made her reach out to me. Cause it was one day I just wasn't feeling it. I was like, it was something with the unrest and I had my, I woke up feeling all sorts of stank. And I was like, yep. I had my not today Satan t-shirt on. Yep. And you know what? I just couldn't even do anything. My arms were heavy. Everything was, Too I much. just took a picture of myself and I was like, I'm not here for it. And for some reason that post mm. resonated with her. And cause everybody can say, are you okay? And, but listen, I actually suffer from depression and those three days were dark for me. I was yep. like, I am not in the mood. We you know, pe- that week, I think. Yeah, we did. Cause like people were texting me and yeah. oh, you want to talk? I'm like, nope, I don't want to do nothing. Yeah. Leave me alone. I'm yeah. just, and it finally, my mom, my mom always breaks through. She always like, listen, we need to talk. What's going on? Like, why are it, what's going on? And I told her and I made her laugh. She was like in tears laughing. She was like, oh my God, you're, you're fine. You're just mm-hmm. angry. I said, oh yeah. I'm like, 72 hours of English yeah. and tired. I just, I haven't even turned the lights on. I'm going to say, as long as you're eating, that's all I care about. I was like, yeah, I got snacks. I'm good. Yeah. But I was just, I was over it. And that triggered her to contact me and like, Hey, I love everything that you're doing. I love that you're, even with you being in a dark place, you're still creating and you still create with these bright colors. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. You, you still try to bring the light. She's like, that's so obvious with you. Like no matter how dark, there is something colorful going to happen. I love that. I try to. And so that's how that came about. That was a blessing. I, I never have been so excited about mm. writing. I was, I didn't even want to write it. She convinced me to do it. And she's like, I really needed to come from you. I will fix the back end part, but you should write it. I was like, Nice. You know, I'm so excited. I can't wait to to take that all in. When it's all said and done, I've been truly blessed these last couple of months. I've been blessed this whole year with people really looking out for me and supporting me and just put me in a place where I can survive. I got a roof over my head. I got food to eat. I have things to design and create. Um, You have little minds to teach. Yeah, I got little people. Dreams to dream. yeah. And like, I'm not even finished. I mean, we're in glitter season. We are in glitter season and you are just getting uh-huh. started. Tell me three people that are inspiring you right now. Yeah. My mom, of course. I don't know. What did I write? You wrote your mom mm-hmm. and sunshine, your mentor. Yes. And, oh gosh, and your female me. sister groups. Oh yeah. My seat, all my ladies, my girls, my sisters, yeah. From my besties who keep me in tears because they're funny as all get out to my dear grown ass women. I yeah. love them. They are yeah. amazing. And, you know, and all my creative sisterhoods. I mean, I, there's a lot of us. Yeah. And we all connect in our own little way. And I've been very thankful for that because they have really been the reason why I can sit here with you now and talk about myself and have actually something to talk about and be happy about it. So that's huge, Dale. That really is. That that says a lot. Our support networks are, they keep us going for sure. And then what you have some things coming up this winter, speaking of glitter that people can take (laughs) part in. Yeah. So this November, I have two workshops, um, two holiday workshops, and I have paper garlands coming up um, starting November 11th. 
So we'll be making some paper garlands, especially the weekday class is always around, well, it's Eastern Standard Time around 5.30. So that way we can drink and craft. There you so go. we'll be That's making a- some really fun garlands, paper garlands that you can hang in your house for the holidays. And then um, the next week we will have bows and toppers because everybody needs to know how to make a nice bow yes, and how to make those season. gifts nice. Yeah, holiday season is coming up and, you know, people might not want to spend a lot of money, but I will say this, you make it look fabulous. It doesn't matter if there's a paperclip in there. That's They're right. going to love it. It's all about that. <laughs> they might not even unwrap it. Yeah. So, you know, you have to reteach that pom-pom class too. That looked gorgeous. Oh yeah. We just finished. Yeah. Tassel and pom-poms. And then I have my um, winter pop-up coming. So I do like a, I did a summer one with paper embellishments Yeah, and it was called lemonade. So the winter one is called frosty. Thank you. Nice. So frosty. So there's glitter involved. Yay. (laughs) Excellent. So these will be all kind of paper embellishments that you can put on presents, put in your planners, give it snail mail, whatever you want to do. So I'll have some ephemera. It'll have some um, some um, rosettes and nice. prize pins and things of that stuff. Oh, so it's going to be see. really fun. Best way for people to kind of keep track of that is Instagram and your website. Is that what yes. you would say? And yes. I'll post all this in the show notes, but just so people... Yeah, Instagram is my main hub and Facebook. So I have, you know, two, you know, accounts there and then also on LinkedIn. Yep. And And it's design studio number four. Yes. For Instagram. But the name of the business is number four design studio.com for you to get on my website. And my website has everything. It has all the storytelling, who I am. There's a workshop tab. There's a shop tab. We even have our own make inspire share. Um, t-shirt which is the brand shirt and it comes in all kinds of fun colors so please come visit me on my website and definitely come follow me on instagram and um, and facebook and let's chat you know i would love to just don't ever stop being you and putting yourself out there you're such a gift oh you're so sweet i mean it i i was just so glad to reconnect yeah, me too. Me too. And it's been fun. Like, I, I, don't get me wrong. I mean, every creative grows up, you know, they dream that they can do their own thing on their own terms and just make stuff all day. I yeah. literally, that's all I care about. I would just like to eat, drink and craft all day. You are a light. Thank you. And I'm just so glad to have, I, we've skipped a, about a month here and we, I need, I need my calls with you. So thanks. Yes, we'll make it happen. All right. You have a good weekend. Thanks. Lots of love. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for being here with me today. I just love these conversations. They mean the world to me. I love being able to share with you these wonderful people that I have met along the way. They mean so much. So if you want to check out the show notes or my favorites or anything like that, head on over to tantostudio.com. And I'll have everything there, all the details that we talked about today. So again, thanks so much for being here and feel free to head over to wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple or Spotify, and leave a review for Windowsill Chats and subscribe. I will see you next week. I so appreciate you lovelies. Thanks for being here.